We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's week 11 of this NFL season, and you know what that means. Primetime football is coming back to Baltimore under the lights. Thursday night football, the Ravens and Bengals, the rematch is going down, Sarah. And this one, obviously, given the parity and the, and the balance that's come with the AFC North so far through 10 weeks, this is a big, big, pivotal matchup, no question. Massive, and both teams are feeling the pressure, both coming off uh, losses, disappointing losses. Both want to... You know, Bengals trying to keep up with the rest of the AFC North. The Ravens trying to keep their top spot in the AFC North. Massive implications in prime time. Yeah, and as we always do during our official game preview episodes, we go to the expert for the opponent, and that is Pro Football Network's Jay Morrison. You probably recognize him because we had him on the show before in January of last year. I think it was after because, you know, the Bengals and Ravens played twice within like a two or three week stretch. We all remember what happened there. And I think we had him on the first time they played. Anyway, at that point, he was working for the Athletic. Now he's with Pro Football Network. We don't care. We trust him. We love him. And we're glad you're back, Jay. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, sure. You know, that was the first time in NFL history that a, a team played the same opponent three straight times in, in their own stadium. Because the Bengals opened on the road this year, but week two was Baltimore again. So it was finale, playoffs, home opener, all against Baltimore. Pretty crazy situation. Yeah, I forgot about that stat. But you know, Jay, I, we always like to begin off the top with, you know, the, the state of the team that's going up mm -hmm. against the team that we cover right through, in this case, through 10 weeks. And so I ask you that. But on top of that, I think a lot are wondering within the Ravens fan base, was Joe Burrow healthy? Was he healthy? Where was he the first time they played? And where do you think he is now? He was pretty healthy for that for that first game. It was late in that game when he tweaked the calf. And then that's when... That set him back. Um, really, nobody thought he was going to play that Monday night game in week three against the Rams, and he fought for it and fought for it. And he, he came in and he played. Uh, week four, he was still struggling. Um, and then it was not till week five that he really started looking like himself again. So um, he wasn't 100% for Baltimore, but, but he was as healthy as he had been since the calf injury had happened. Um, so I, I don't know that you, I, I mean, you look at that, you look at those first four games and that, that, even though they lost to the Ravens, that was probably the, the best that he played. Um, and, and so I, and I think it was even, it was, 
I don't know when in the fourth quarter it was, but it was it was late in that game when when he felt the tweak and uh, he said he could have gone back in. Um, so I, I guess now that I'm thinking of it, it was pretty late in that game uh, when he felt the tweak. So I don't think and the Bengal fans can't use that as an excuse in that first game. He was feeling pretty good for that one. As far as the state of the team, do you want what the team thinks or do you want what the fan base thinks? Because it's apocalyptic, you know, four straight wins. Ah, that doesn't matter. Season's over. That loss to Houston. There's just I, it's just it's baffling how big time mad Bengal fans are over that loss on Sunday. And, you know, you're going to have games like that. And if CJ Stroud's on this incredible heater, uh, but that said, they got a lot to clean up if they're going to beat the Ravens. I still think they're in pretty good shape. They health wise, they've got some guys dinged up, but but Burrow is as healthy as he's been. Um, he's despite the two picks on Sunday, he's he's looking really good. Uh, they do have issues. But um, if, if I was if you were to ask me to bet, does this team make the playoffs or does it not make the playoffs? I'm on the side of, yeah, I think they're going to find a way to get into the playoffs. Yeah. I'm glad to know that Baltimore isn't the only one that, with the fan base that, <laughs> you know, it's apocalyptic, as you said. You know, Ravens also put up four straight top, still number one in the division. But, you know, all hell's broken loose after that loss to the Browns. Um, so, OK, you, you talk about playoffs, all that kind of stuff. So, it, you know, everybody outside of Cincinnati, at least my view is like, is this the same team as last year where they get off to a slow start and then they end up going on a tear? Do you see this a similar trend this year or is this team different from last year in that sense? Very similar. And I thought we were going to see that tear, um, you know, until Sunday when I thought I expected them to beat Houston. And, you know, I did this at this point, like you always do the midseason predictions and the Bengals were five and four at their bye last year. This is the third third straight year they've been five and four. In the last two years, they went to the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship game. So wow. it's just it's kind of their template where they they start slow, and a lot of it's because Joe Burrow's never healthy at the start of seasons. In 2021, he was coming back from the ACL injury. Last year it was the appendectomy. This year it's the calf. So they've not, they've not had a, a fully healthy Joe Burrow for the start of a season, and then they get things figured out and they get rolling. Um, I don't know. It's it, it, it's it's hard to say that they can kind of rip off a well they can't rip off a run now because it was ten in a row that they won last year, um, but the schedule this year is just so much tougher. But it was last year they were zero and three at that bye, and I predicted they'll they'll win the remaining three games against the North and they'll 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 win the division. Uh, I did the same thing this year. They have four division games left, and I predicted before the Houston game that they would win their final four AFC North games and, and figure out a way to win this division. I'm not so sure about that now. Um, it's just this is a tough spot. I, I thought if they had won five in a row going into Baltimore, they could figure out a way. Uh, they always seem to play Baltimore tough in Baltimore. You go back to that primetime game last year, 19 to 17. I think uh, Tucker won it at the gun on a field goal after the Bengals had taken the lead with two minutes to go. So I, I expect to see the same kind of game. Um, maybe this works in their favor. Maybe maybe there's more urgency now given that loss on Sunday. Um, I think they have it in them, but the the run game the, there's there was two pieces to this offense that were glaring holes going into free agency in the draft and they just passed on both of them they lost Samaje Pirine their third down back to the Broncos he was he, he was so key in pass protection and, and big plays out of the backfield as a receiver they don't really have a third down back now they're taking their backup tight end and putting him in the backfield um on third downs in pass pro and then the tight end position they 
Hayden Hurst left and, and, you know, former Raven goes to Carolina, gets paid. Joe Burrow has gotten CJ Uzama and Hayden Hurst, incredible contracts. So they go out and they sign Irv Smith on the cheap, um, hoping that, you know, Joe can kind of work the same magic with him. And it just hasn't been the case. Uh, they have clicked a little bit the last couple games, but they, they are not nearly as good in the running game in pass protection or uh, all those check downs to the tight ends you know he would check it down to the the tight ends or to p ryan and a four-yard pass would turn to an eight ten twelve and that that element of the offense is is really missing right now um and the big element that's gonna be missing is t higgins it doesn't look like he's gonna play thursday night yeah that's probably what gets all the fanfare and attention right we've been following those types of injuries leading up on, especially on a short week quick turnaround mm-hmm. Defensively, though, Jay, is is probably what's not being talked about enough, at least where I'm looking. And what I'm seeing is that since he's allowing a league-worst 12.7% of opposing plays to go for explosive gains, what's happening there? We know how much change there was via free agency on the back end. We know that they're a little banged up up front, defensively speaking. Not sure what's happening in the middle part, second level. But can you just kind of give us an update on, on what's been happening defensively through 10 weeks? Yeah, the, the early on it was the run game. There's a lot of missed tackles that you know they started with the the Browns and Nick Chubb is always going to break a lot of tackles and 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 that was the case. And then week two they get the Ravens who are it's just a kind of a unicorn offense and they always find ways to put up big yards on the Bengals in the run game. They they kind of got the run game cleaned up, but now it's the pass game and and, and Sunday. 17 explosive plays they allowed in that game. It's the most in the league since 2010. It's the most the Bengals have allowed since at least 1991. And you know, yeah. that, that's when they started you know, keeping this play data. So a lot of it was C.J. Stroud, and, and this happens a lot, rolling out of the pocket, extending the play, and somehow the Bengals stayed in zone the entire time. They, they were trying to confuse him and, and, and make him find the right place to go in the zone. And it didn't work out that way because there was no pass rush. Sam Hubbard missed the game Sunday. No pass rush. And CJ had all the time in the world to wait for someone to come open. And, and Noah Brown, he six of his seven catches were for more than 20 yards. He was just running wide open through that secondary. And, and it's what's concerning about that is you're going to see a lot of the same thing Thursday night. The difference, CJ Stroud was rolling out by in time, zero intention of running the ball. Now they're going to have to contend with a, a, an offense where Lamar might do the same thing, but you have to you always have that threat of him taking off and running, and the, the Bengals just struggle. I mean they they've gotten really good cornerback play this year, except on those scramble drills. They they have a hard time when they're in zone of, of plastering to their guys and and sticking with it as the as the play extends. So it'll be interesting to see if they can get that cleaned up. They better or. Or Lamar is going to light him up. When I talked to one of the players um, after the game, Mike Hilton, the, the slot corner, and uh, he, he said if if they play like they did Sunday, Baltimore is going to whip their. You know, I don't know what the FCC rules are here. You you can finish that quote. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, I, I actually saw that. I, I, I went through a few of your tweets. I, I know exactly what quote you're talking <laughs> about. So can we can we dive a little bit deep, deeper into this um, injury situation? So. Maybe we can break it down by offense and then defense. So you said T. Higgins is likely not going to play. To me, it's always been T. Higgins. Maybe it's because of the Ravens put so much attention on Jamar Chase. Feels like T. Higgins has just been this dagger, you know, throughout all these, you know, last couple years. Then on the defensive side, 
it sounds like Trey Hendrickson is day to day. Sam Hubbard didn't play last week. What what's going on there, and what would the impact be if they're there or not? And then the same with T. Higgins. I mean, Hendrickson would be huge. He's eight and a half sacks. He's one of the league leaders in sacks and pressures. Um, he's ranked even higher in pressures than he is sacks. Um, I don't. He's day to day. They're not ruling out the chance. I'd be surprised. I mean, he was in a lot of pain when he went down. I don't know if you saw a really freaky thing where uh, a, a Texans wide receiver, the one that had just caught the pass that put him in position to win the game, was kind of walking through the the mix of players, and I, it looked like he got stepped on and stumbled back like eight or nine yards and just went right into the side of Hendrickson's knee. Uh, he went down. He had an MRI. It's just a hyperextension, not MCL, ACL, or anything. But I, I still, I'd be surprised if he played. They're holding out hope that Hubbard will play. But, but either way, that that's a huge loss. This team has struggled to get yeah. a, a good pass rush, anyhow, the last few games. And now you're you're talking about losing your possibly your best two. It turns if if they can't go, it's to Miles Murphy, their first round pick, who has really kind of struggled to get on the field and make any kind of impact. Um, this will be a big test for him. And then. They've got Joseph Osai, who they took in the third round a couple in 2021. They got Cam Sample, who they took in the fourth round in 2021. Those guys have been really good backups, but I, I don't know how it's going to look if, if those are your starting edge rushers in this game. Um, so that that's that's going to be a big key because it's it's not just getting pressure on Lamar. You you have to you have to rush as you guys know. You got to rush Lamar a little bit differently and, and those guys that have been in the league for a long time kind of have the knowledge of that. And if you're you're talking about throwing these young guys in there, I could see a lot of situations where they're just they're they're flying in off the edge and Lamar just steps up and goes right around them. So that's that's a big concern uh what this pass rush is going to look like against Baltimore. Well, the offensive line in Baltimore could be an issue as well, based on what we watched yeah. last weekend unfold. And Jay, this week we've been talking here in Baltimore about trends and a disturbing one that seems to be forming and and, and has formed in recent years for the Ravens and their inability to consistently finish, especially when it matters in the fourth quarter. Speaking of trends, one that's been an Achilles heel for Cincy since 2013, as, as a, a friend of ours and a fellow content creator in Baltimore tweeted out, Ken McCusick, the Bengals are an NFL worst 0-14 in road primetime games since 2013. We love context on this show. You do as well because you're as thorough as anybody. What's the context behind that? Um, well, I put that stat out um, Sunday, so I don't know if that's where he got it or he got it on his own, but the context is the last time they won a road primetime game was 2012 at Philadelphia. So I went back and looked, okay, what are they since then? And it was 0-14. Um, interestingly enough, they were on an 11-game losing streak before that win at Philadelphia in 2012. So they're actually – they've lost 25 of their last 26 road primetime games. Now, everybody in Cincinnati will tell you nothing that happens before Joe Burrow matters, and, and there's some truth to that. But they're still 0-4 in road primetime games with Joe Burrow. It's It's just – it's it's something that's been a bugaboo of this franchise since its inception. They're seven and forty-five in road primetime games since they were founded in nineteen sixty-eight. So it's uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I asked uh, Zach Taylor about it yesterday. Is it is it the issue of like waiting around all day in the hotel? And he said, no, it's none of that. It's just the atmosphere is different. And Pete, the Bengals, crazily enough, since Zach Taylor got here, are six and zero in home primetime games. They, they have a great atmosphere at, at Paycor 
for these primetime games. They feed off of it. They play really well. And he said it's just flipped when you, you go on the road. That the, It's the same thing at these other stadiums. They have great atmospheres. And he really does think that there's a little bit of an advantage to the fact that they just played Baltimore on the road in primetime last year. They saw what it looked like, felt what it felt like. And so they're, they're kind of banking on that. Uh, and they played well in that game, even though they lost. But that is, that's, it's an insane stat. When I tweeted that out, I talked about Bengal fans being big mad. It's, I don't know if they're madder at me or if they're madder at the team after I tweeted that stat out. <laughs> I can promise you our audience is going to be mad because they're going to be yelling that we're jinxing it by yes. even bringing it yeah. up. So now it's finally going to be broken because we're talking about it in Baltimore. Kind of looking deeper into this game uh, it, with keys. On, on In my view, a key for the Ravens is going to be to finish. It just seems like I'm sure you've seen the Ravens have big leads. They've given it up in the fourth quarter several times, twice this year, double-digit leads. So for me, a key for Baltimore is going to be to play all four quarters. Play all four quarters. What do you think is a key, a key to the game for for the Bengals to get their, you know, big time road win in prime time? Um, I don't want to say the complete opposite because it's the same thing. Where it's kind of a fallacy that that not only say it's a fallacy, but it just hasn't played out recently that that Joe Burrow is this stone cold killer and finisher. They've really struggled to finish games, and it looked like it was going to turn around. If, if if Tyler Boyd doesn't drop that pass in the end zone, that's the first time we really see this team have that like great fourth quarter and finish a game and, and, and come from behind. And even when they're, they're tied or behind, they just have struggled to score in the fourth quarter. But far more important is the fast start. And it, and it has – it's been a weapon of this team recently. They've scored on their opening drive in five straight games – um, first time in franchise history, they've they've done that. Um, until last week, they'd scored on their opening two drives, three games in a row. So they've they they've figured out a way. They're really good at creating the script and getting going, and, and and they take advantage of that. A lot of times, if they win the toss, they'll go ahead and take the ball rather than deferring and trying to get that double up around halftime. They'll just take the ball and try to get out in front first. And I think you you might see that. Uh, against Baltimore but the, the flip side is that they're, they're always so concerned with Baltimore that when you play them there's limited possessions Baltimore yeah. chews the clock runs the ball they know they're probably only going to get eight seven eight possessions in a game so there's they're all so valuable so maybe they do go the other way if they win the toss and defer and, and go for that double up but that's the key that's that they they need to play this game with the lead uh and even with Baltimore struggles with keeping leads that's that's not a recipe that the Bengals want to mix in. They do not want to have to fight their way back on the road in primetime. One matchup that I'm going to be looking forward to is seeing how, if Lamar and, and Todd Munkin decide to test the back end of, of the Bengals secondary because mm-hmm. of how much change there, that, that that group has has endured over the last year or so. And so at, I'm just looking at the box score from the first time these two teams played two, four, six, seven. Lamar was spreading the ball around seven different receivers caught at least a pass. So what's one matchup that you're looking forward to most coming in? Um, I it, Not so much the secondary. I'm really interested. We saw the Bengals do this against Josh Allen and, and, and Buffalo a couple of weeks ago. They would double spy him. They would use both linebackers to just kind of hang out in the in the middle of the field and and wait and see. And they've gotten more comfortable with, yes, a lot of new pieces um, in that back end. Nick Scott, second year as a starter, first year with the Bengals. Dax Hill, their first-round pick last year. This is his first year as a starter. So those are their safeties. They um, lost Bates and who? Sorry, and, 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 Bates and, and, 
Von Bell. Okay. Um, and, and so, um, and Dax Hill is terrific. Uh, even though he's a safety, he kind of plays that that nickel corner on third downs where he covers the tight end. So he's going to be on Andrews on third down. And he's been terrific in that role. That will be a good matchup. But but what I really am interested in seeing is if they take Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt and kind of do that double spy role again, mm. just to prevent Lamar from getting outside and and beating them with his legs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so Jay, we always finish with predictions. I, I'm going to ask for for actually two different predictions. Number one, who do you got winning this game? And number two, will all four teams in the AFC North make the playoffs? No, I think that's that's they they they're going to beat each other up, and it is crazy. I looked uh, two years ago; uh, all four were at 500 or better after Week 11, and that's going to. It's going to be the case again, because even if the Bengals lose this week, they're still going to be at 500. Um, I don't I don't think all four teams are going to make the playoffs, um, which sounds crazy because I said the Bengals are going to make the playoffs. They're currently in last place. I I think I I don't I don't see how the Steelers hold on. I I don't know how they're doing it in the first place. Um, You and me both. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The the Browns are really impressive, but this, this, if this, this, uh, now he's got the the MRI on, uh, what was it, an ankle that he had against Baltimore on Sunday? He was beat up everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Shoulder, ankle. How durable he is. Uh, If he can, if they have to finish the season with him missing multiple games, that might be hard. And you guys know it's, I mean, Lamar has trouble finishing seasons if, if he were to go down. So there's a lot that can play out in this. Um, as far as Thursday, I, I, I just, it's, I've picked the Bengals to win every game this year. We do our predictions on our <laughs> podcast and it sounds crazy, but they've been favored in every game except for yeah. the 49ers game. And, and they, I, they are, I was right on that one. Um, I, I just, I can't pick them in prime time in both. I, I have a saying on the pod, never bet against the trend. Oh, and 14 and road primetime games is a pretty strong <laughs> trend. So I'm going to go with Baltimore and another tight one. Like we saw last year, uh, 20 to 17. Okay. Did you see the Steelers' stat? What's that? Outgained all 
nine games this year. Yeah, they're six amazing. and three. I mean, come on, man. That's Mike Tomlin, right? I mean, the defense is incredible, and, and Kenny Pickett finds a way to make one or two plays a game, and that's they're they're thriving on that. Yeah, I don't know if if if, if that can hold up. I mean, hmm. smoke and mirrors. Goodness gracious. You can find him on Twitter at by Jay Morrison, as you see there on his lower third. Pro Football Network is where you can find your writing these days. What else you got going on? Yeah, we have a podcast. Uh, it's a, a clever name, the PFN Bengals podcast. And uh, that comes out on uh, usually on Tuesdays every week with the, with the, the short week this week. We're going to record tomorrow. Um, and then you can follow me on Twitter. Like you said, I, I post a, a lot of stuff on there that doesn't make it onto, onto the Pro Football Network website. All right, Jay. Thanks so much for the time. We'll hope to do it with you again. And thanks for carving out some time for us today. All right. Great talking to you guys. Thanks, Jay. All right. Jay Morrison for the Cincinnati perspective, Pro Football Network's own. Always appreciate his time. And yeah, this is a big one. 8.15 under the primetime lights. The first of a few down the stretch for the Ravens. It feels like we've gotten into such a routine with those one o'clock games and then the 9.30 in London, Sarah. This is going to be what well, they've only had one 4.25 so far in Arizona. So this is uh, going to be a long one for us. We'll be doing our post-game show probably around midnight or so once the press conferences finish up. But needless to say, whenever these two teams get together, you know it's going to be entertaining. Oh, my gosh. This is – well, I'll first say this. Excellent analysis by Jay. Also, he made me feel better because he said <laughs> that he's picked the Bengals in all the games. Uh, I've picked the Ravens in all the games except for the one, which we both got you know, killed for. I think you've, you've picked two losses. Um, so I, you know, it's good to know. I don't know. It's good to know. I know he tries to be as objective as can be, but it's just like, they, they should have won all their games. Right. So I don't, I don't, I, I was worried I was being too biased, but I, you know, just when you're, when your team's favored and you're good, why not predict a win? So, um, but anyway, whatever, I'm just glad he made me feel better, but this is a, this is, this is a massive game. We talked about it over last, uh, podcast. I don't, quite call it a must win game. I know that you feel it, feel it's that way. Um, but I do think it's massive. I think that, um, I don't want to go 10 days <laughs> until the next game where you just lost back to back home games against AFC North rivals. Um, I think both teams have a desperate's not the right word. Maybe, maybe Bengals are a little bit more desperate than the Ravens because they're at five and four and trying to, trying to keep up. Um, but I think both were humbled a little bit last week. Both want to set it straight. Both know Bengals don't want to be swept, you know, but, um, but there's a chance they might be. There's a chance they might be Bobby. There is a chance the Ravens are going to try and do what they couldn't do on Sunday. And that is sweep an AFC North divisional opponent to your point. I mean, it's hard to beat a team twice. And then you, you then you talk about in this division, given yeah. what it's doing this year, and that is magnified to the nth degree. So, yeah. Um, do we want to do our predictions on the back end as usual? Or because it's a short week, do we need another day to figure out what's going on in the injury categories? Well, I could go today and for the following reason. I feel like in my mind, in my mind, I feel like I <laughs> – I'm not counting on Humphrey or Stanley playing. Yeah. So now, so I'm going to make a prediction based off of that. Yeah. And and whether they come back, I don't feel like it's going to change my prediction. Can I just say this, though? I don't want them to play. I, I, okay. I don't want either one of those guys to play. 
And I know you and I had a little back and forth about Marlon, and maybe I was speculating a little bit too much in the post game in terms of whether or not they pushed him. At mm-hmm. this point, whether they're pushing him or not, based on that non-contact injury that we watched, which, thank goodness, is not Achilles-related. We learned through Ian Rappaport that it's calf, it's a calf strain, not an Achilles strain. He's too valuable, too valuable to even remotely push it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's logical. I think that those types of, what's the word, declarations or... Or I just feel like not knowing the injuries, it's hard for me to say that. Like, for and I said this the other night, like Keaton Mitchell, he he had a hamstring, right? We don't know how serious the hamstring was. Then he comes in and he rips off this 39-yarder followed by like a 32-yarder. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, it's easy to sit here and say, whoa, okay, let's let's rest Keaton Mitchell but he was fine. Yeah, we don't and know that's, the extent that's, of this. That's my, that's my thing is I don't know the extent. So here's the thing. Let's put it this way. If Marlon Humphrey and Ronnie Stanley are like 75%, then I say, you know what? Don't push it. Yeah. But if they're like at 95%, I'm fine with it. Sure. I'm fine sure. with it if they want to go. So, so I guess maybe that's the best way to put it. But um, listen, I'm ticked off. I'm ticked off about the Browns loss. I think the Ravens are ticked off. I know that it's this is going to be a massive uphill battle. It is so unbelievably difficult to sweep inside the division. Um, and I and I and I I've told people this when when the Broncos beat the Chiefs, people are like, "Are you surprised?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not." When it's division games, records go out the window. You know each other so well. You mm-hmm. know each other so well. But I don't know. There's something about the Ravens and the way they perform after. After losses, they typically bounce back. Rare to have back-to-back losses. I feel like the energy is going to be off the chart in this blackout game. Uh, I think the Ravens want to, you know, make a statement that this division is ours. You are not coming to get it. So um, I also feel like with these injuries of T. Higgins and either Trey Hendrickson or some Sam Hubbard, as Jay said, is going to be huge. And for that reason, I'm picking the Ravens, um, and I'm going to go. Um, Let me just give you the numbers. Give me the numbers. While you what put numbers? that together. Okay. ESPN odds and whatnot. Okay. Ravens are favored by three and a half points, and the over-under is set at 46 and a half. The first time these two teams met back in September, it was week two, 27 to 24 was the final. I was literally about to say 27, 24. Bobby, let me ask you a question that's going to sound so dumb. I've never gambled a day in my life. I haven't either. I know. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. I know what it means to be a three and a half point favorites, but then you have the over under at what? And what does that mean? Yeah. So the over under, it's funny because I'm explaining to somebody that doesn't <laughs> gamble. Two non gamblers here. Yeah, in right? the slightest. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it is funny. The over under is, is the, the total. In terms of points, if you're going to add the oh, two of them, oh, got you, got you, got you. So right now, you know, forty-six and a half is is what it is, right? I mean, I don't think these numbers are going to change, but anyway, the Ravens are getting three and a half, um, or I'm sorry, since he's getting three and a half, Baltimore is three and a half point favorites as the home team, and it's an over under of forty-six and a half. Yeah, well, I was literally, I'm not cheating. I was literally about to say twenty-seven, twenty-four. So I'll stick with okay. that. Seems pretty, pretty smart to do. Weather's looking good, good, solid, prime time. November weather looking like high 40s, low 50s, 
I'm sure that number will go down into the night. Not sure about the wind. Don't have that in front of me right now. Maybe it's not even out there yet because we're still 48 plus hours away. Uh, I'm going with Cincinnati, Sarah. I am concerned about pass protection. I'm concerned about the deep ball game. I hope that Lamar and the Ravens are able to test the secondary. It seems like Jay had more concerns about, or or I kind of kept trying to get with him about because there's been so many changes and Bell and Bates both left. And here are some of the numbers defensively that they've, they've been doing. And that explosive stat that I, that I mentioned in terms of the amount of plays that they're giving up, I was trying to kind of get him to go into what's going on with the secondary in the aftermath of how much loss and change there was this off season. He seems like he's got greater concerns, but until mm-hmm. the Ravens show me that they can continually beat you uh, by, by, touching every blade of grass, as Lewis Riddick said this past offseason. I don't know. I'm a little concerned just about going up against the high-powered offense like the Bengals can be. Yes, they've been very inconsistent. Yes, Burrow hasn't been that cold-blooded killer, which a lot of folks label him as. I thought that was really interesting what Jay had to say there. He's been a little underwhelming. but Yeah, I was. it's it's so funny because when we hear national media talk, it's always like, when it's Burrow versus Lamar, it's like, oh, well, Burrow gets it done in crunch time and Burrow gets it done. In the, you know what I mean? And so yeah. for Jay to say that, I was like, oh, okay. It's, listen, it's a different animal getting analysis on your team from a local person rather than a national one. But most times when you want to go find out about other teams, you go national. Without question. Yeah. Now, here's what I'm not going to do. I'm okay. not going to sit here and act as if the Ravens aren't going to find a way to put up 30 points. Okay. Because I did that okay. last week <laughs> and I paid the price. Which means we may end up talking about the defense again next week if this prediction comes to fruition, because I think both teams are going to be in the 30-point range. I think this is going to be a less than than one-score game, and I think that the the Bengals find a way to get it done 35-31. 35-31. Okay, you know what question I have? Yep. Um, Okay, so we talked briefly uh, in this morning's Morning Vault about Marcus Williams being a liability, but we we spoke about it in terms of tackling, right? Yeah. To me, he definitely seemed like a liability. However, there were issues over the middle of the field. There are two times that it was so deflating where the Ravens had backed up the Browns. I think it was by sacks. Definitely one of them, Matabike had a sack, and then it was like second and like 16. And on the drive before that, there was another one. I think there was a sack. Mm-hmm. Or, or a tackle for loss, and it was like another second and long. And then just like that, Deshaun Watson converted on the very next play. Yeah. And which has been uncharacteristic of this of this defense. And so when John Harbaugh was asked about it, and this is what I hope they oh crap, we don't get coordinators this week because it's a short week. Yeah. Well, what I would have liked to have what a heard week. from what a Mike, week to not have them. <laughs> I know, I know. But what I would like to know, because what you're doing when you bring back in Marcus Williams, and again, Marcus Williams, he knows where to be. However, he hasn't been in a lot, so it could be, it could make it so that people don't know their assignments as well. Because when they asked John Harbaugh, he said they we weren't playing the two safety zones like we should. And so my question is, is it's been fine when it's been Geno Stone and Hamilton in the back, yeah. and then Arthur Arthur Mallette yeah. in the slot? Well, Arthur Mallette came off more, put Hamilton down in the slot, and then Stone went from like playing 100% of snaps to about yeah. 67. Not a huge drop, but a drop. Yeah. And so it's like, was that change 
also part of the problem? And if so, if we're continuing with this rotation, can we get that fixed? Because if we go back to the way the Ravens have been, then that, that won't be a problem. And then these sacks will actually mean something, you yeah. know? So that has got to get fixed by Thursday or, or Joe Burrow will light them up all over the place. I think that's a fantastic point. It's, it's not a huge drop-off snap percentage-wise for Geno, but he's the NFL leader in interceptions entering <laughs> yeah. last week, and, and you're taking him off the field for a percentage of the game. Like, that, that to which, me is crazy. Which would be fine if, if Marcus Williams was 100. Was healthy, what yes. Is, right, Yes, right. and Harbs, so and Harbs you know, stood at his defense, as you would expect during the press conference this week. Mm-hmm. We get it. He's a big part of the defense. We understand that when he's out there, he is a ball-hawking safety. It makes them better on the back end. But Gino is the center fielder they need right now. He is fully healthy. He is playing at a Pro Bowl caliber level for this team. And yeah. to take him off the field, it's hard to think that you're not doing a disservice to your defense when you take him off the field, even if it is for 30% of this of the plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I agree. Uh, one other thing that I'm concerned about, too, and I, and I don't want to make too much of an overreaction of this because they were two of eight in one game on third down. But I do have questions about if Mark Andrews is getting taken care of, as there was, hey, Cleveland, give Cleveland credit. They were all over him. Right? Didn't yeah. have a ton of targets either. So if Mark Andrews is being taken out of the game defense, from a defensive strategy standpoint, who is going to rise to the occasion to be the consistent dude when you need seven on third, on, on, on third down, when it matters right. the most? I, I'm right. not confident to tell you Zay has had a great year, right? OBJ just turned back the clock with that slant to the crib. Um, mm. Nelson has come in and out. Rashad obviously has been disappointing, but he, he's, he's shown flashes. I can't sit here and tell you that there's one guy that I feel comp- confident about if Mark is a non-factor in the game in situations like that when it's do or die. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, that being said, I don't have the confidence in the Bengals defense to take Mark out the way the Browns did. Like okay. we just talked about their secondary being banged up, their number what would we say? They're number 30 in overall defense, 24 in pass defense. That's a far cry from what uh, the Browns just brought to town. So, um, but, but your point is, is well taken because that is what will happen. People will, okay, cool. We'll take Mark away. And in the past we've said, okay, now pick your poison. Cause we have all these other, you know, pass catchers. All right. Well, they're going to have to be able to have, you know, they're going to have to, be, and, and Zay did have a 75 yard game. Uh, Lamar missed him on that deep, that deep route. Um, Keaton Mitchell, he's got to catch that one on the wheel route into the end zone. Stuff like, to your point, I mean, it's it's got to connect to other people for sure. I just hope we're not revisiting this conversation two months from now about, yeah. wow, man, Mark was taken out of the divisional round game or the wild card yeah. game, and, and he was a non-factor. Ravens were, were SOL after that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I hope that that's not the case. Uh, there are times where I'm feeling a little pessimistic about that. Thanks to our returning patrons for supporting and believing in what we're building here in Baltimore through Patreon this month. They are supporting us. We appreciate them. Big, big Fesh 927, Joe Bonzel, shout out you both. If you guys are interested as well out there and supporting us on the back end, you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. Perhaps you're a small business owner. Perhaps you're just somebody that wants to throw us $1.99 for the support or perhaps a $4.99 shout out monthly that you'll hear on, here on the channel. All of it's helpful. All of it's really appreciated by both of us. 
This is your official game preview episode. Thanks to Pro Football Network's Jay Morrison for dropping by the channel. He's awesome. Go follow him on Twitter at by Jay Morrison to get more of the, the Cincinnati perspective ahead of Thursday night. I'll be doing my pregame live stream, as always, from the Vmore Roundtown tailgate at 801 West Austin Street. That'll be streamed, if you can't make it, across all of our platforms in the 6 o'clock hour. And then Sarah and I will be on again. It's going to be a late one, so hopefully you can stay up with us. Hit your caffeine early and often. Probably a midnight start, right? Like, realistically, around Probably. midnight, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So we'll, we'll try to be as quick as we can in prep and gathering information, as always, um, post-game-wise, so that we can get our show started and respect well, your... What we need to do is have good Wi-Fi. That's what we need to do. <laughs> Don't get me going on that. Yeah. Don't get me going on that. Yeah. Hey, but at least it's a Thursday night game, because didn't they say they were always working on stuff on Sundays? Yeah. I got to work on mine, too. I keep freezing up on Sundays. I don't know what's we, going on You know on what? Right here. We are a work in progress, much we're like the Dolphins. <laughs> we, we very much are. You guys are the best, as always, if you're... Uh, enjoying our content if you haven't already done so please consider subscribing to the vault and also liking this video if you enjoyed this piece of content which again is our official game preview ahead of week 11 the ravens and Bengals square off in thursday night football inside the bank gonna be a fun one thanks for joining us